you're listening to The Tech Box. Hello and welcome to episode 53 of The Tech Box. I'm James Honeyball and with me today is Richard Yates. Hi Richard. Good morning James, good morning everybody. How are you enjoying the sunshine? Um, well, yeah, it is quite a nice sunny day. I might actually uh, sweep the patio and get the chairs out this afternoon with a bit of luck, you know. Yeah, go for a nice stroll around the garden. I think you had quite a nice day down south yesterday, didn't you? Whereas, whereas up here it was it was warmer, but it was cloudy all day. So uh, today it's nice to see a bit of blue sky. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't exactly summer, but it was um, when the sun was on your face, it was uh, pleasant, yeah. Yeah, nice change. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So how's things? Um, well, they're still fairly, uh, fairly, um, restricted, resi- residential, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't been out still since, um, the 15th of March. Um, and yeah, having, uh, when, when I moved in this house, I thought, oh gosh, there's a load of work in that garden. Uh, and, um, and yeah, it can be quite hard work, but it, it also has to be said that uh, I think I appreciate having a garden more now than I ever have done in, in all the time I've ever had a house in the garden, which is quite a few now. Uh, it's just nice to be able to sort of go and get a bit of fresh air and see what's grown a bit today and what new is coming up and whatever. I'm sure most, mm. of, it would be, most of it would be weeds. I don't know very much about gardening. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, nice to, nice to get out like that. Uh, but in terms of going out of the house, uh, I've been as far as the end of the drive with the bins and that's it. Mm. I went shopping yesterday. It was a bit of a adventure. Yeah, it's a sh- it's interesting how 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 uh, you know our sort of uh, view of life has changed. You know, the the feeling of ecstasy when the the del- delivery man from the uh, grocery store delivers you both bread and toilet rolls, and and the, f- the feeling of dread when you go shopping is uh, yeah is bi- is bizarre and and not very welcome, really, is it? Especially especially as that used to be one of my favourite things. I used to love doing food shopping. I think it kind of harks back to uh, when I was a kid. I used to do food shopping with my dad you know yeah. on a friday night and it, it's kind of ingrained in me that that's kind of uh, uh, an enjoyable activity and now it's that's kind of been taken away it's like a a terrifying episode of the walking dead when you go shopping it's uh, it's really interesting not having seen any of this for myself because um although i don't live very far from the supermarket I, you know, i've not been within half a mile of it um but but what's also interesting is you're sitting there thinking oh god this, this used to be an enjoyable experience uh, it's, it's like you know now it's a frightening one i used to absolutely hate and detest shopping in supermarkets um, so nothing will have changed for you then that's well, fine well, yes and no, but actually now I'm sitting there thinking, oh, if only I could pop down to Sainsbury's and get this or that or the other. So uh, I, I do actually plan on going out today, but um, not not for any other reason other than I don't want the brakes to seize up on the car. So I plan on getting in the car and driving it around the block and coming back home again. Yeah, um, I've been wondering about that with my car as well. In terms of you don't want it to sat there not doing anything for too long, do you? Well, it's been sat there not doing anything for almost a month now, so... Well, Telling fibs on something thinking about it. It's it's over two weeks anyway. I, I, I don't want to uh, do very much very much with it, but I don't, I don't want the brakes all to seize up and lock up. Um, at least being uh, well, I assume this is the case. Being a hybrid car, I'm assuming I shouldn't have to worry about the battery because I can plug it in. But I, I, to be honest, I don't know whether the the same battery powers the petrol engine as the uh, as the electric one. I should find out really. I suppose. Mm, that's a good question, isn't it? Mm, don't know, but I, I would imagine that I could at least get the things running on the uh, um, battery I can plug into the wall, uh, and uh, the rest should should resolve itself, I guess. But I, I just don't want all the, all the pads grinding onto the uh, the discs and whatever so yeah 
Let's take it by, I mean, literally, there's a, a little block I can go around. It's about two and a half miles in all. It'll take me five minutes, perhaps. Maybe a bit longer than that. It depends on how much traffic there is out there. It really does depend. They're quiet roads, usually. And then uh, then back in and, and back into not doing terribly much. But it, it is interesting, isn't it, how, how your sort of perception changes. I actually wonder how many people are going to be agoraphobic after all this. Because generally I don't suffer from that not at all um, but I do know people who do and, and and the worst thing for them is to be sort of forced to stay indoors because when they go out it's like their worst nightmare um, mm. I think you know, it, it, it's it's odd. I mean, uh, the other, other sort of little things are uh, uh, never had I done any video conferencing until ten days ago, and like now, every client I've got wants to talk on video call, which which is a bit unfortunate because I tend to sit around at home in in t-shirts and things when I'm working on a nice warm day. So, um, do your customers actually insist on having a video connection? Because you would have assumed that up until this point it would have been perfectly normal for you just to conduct it over the phone. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the answer is no, they don't insist, but they all want to try it out. Okay. So the result is that we've had quite a lot of video calls where actually we, we never would have contemplated it before. Um, but then, as you know, we, we've had our little meet-up on Friday evenings, and, and, and it's surprising, isn't it, how when you start off on something like that, it's all very slightly uncomfortable, and then everybody kind of relaxes into it and gets used to how the the, the thing works and... I don't know whether whether you thought that, but I, I thought after the first quarter and hour of the first one, we all sort of kind of ignored the fact that we were talking on Zoom and just carried on like we might have done down the pub. It was it was interesting. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was. I think I'm in some ways I'm doing more socialising now than uh, I was up to this point because I'm constantly you know having video calls with different sets of people that. I hadn't necessarily been seeing that regularly, but I think people yeah. are using it now as a bit of a excuse as, as much as anything to get in contact with people. I think so. I mean, uh, from a from a work point of view, I think it's actually making my life quite hard because because everybody wants to experiment, which I completely understand me too. Uh, I'm finding that I end up talking to people for a lot longer uh, and actually achieve a lot less. Um, but on the other hand, it's it's nice to see people. You know, it, yeah. it, it 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 is a good example of using technology to get over um, some of the problems that we all have at the moment. And and uh, I mean, you know, for example, my my uh, brother who lives just outside Milan has been locked down even longer, of course. Um, but but we've instituted a sort of a weekly video chat with with him and my mum and dad, which has been great fun. I think I've spoken to my brother more in the last month than in the last six months and that's not because we don't get on we tend to keep in touch with you know whatsapp and whatever um but we don't very often have a, a long chat and certainly I, I tend to see him sort of once or twice a year at the most which is you know, a bit of a sadness but but you know i think we'll keep, we'll keep this up afterwards and i think the way people work is like the longer this goes on I, I, you know i think people are going to say to themselves well actually we can work differently and it and it does still get things done um I mean, for example, if you if you're a, a company with a big office, you can certainly I would have thought say to yourself, well, maybe I can get people to work at home somewhat, and I, and I can trust them to work at home, uh, and you know I only need half a size of office. Bad news for commercial property owners, of course, but you know I think it will change things. Uh, you know, in a, in a way, a bit like the the way we all buy things on the internet now, and it's damaged the high street. I think you might well find that the the market for offices is going to not collapse because there are still lots of things you need to do in, in that sort of uh, environment. But I think it will certainly cause people to pause for thought quite a lot. Mm. My instinct is 
or, or I think my instinct at the moment is just to jump straight back into exactly how everything was. I mean, I was quite happy with the way things were. I think everyone can in- agree that this is a, a downgrade on uh, the freedoms we had before. Oh, so, dear, dear God, yes, of course. So yeah. my my instinct is just to jump straight back into exactly how it was before in terms of, yes, I was in the office every day anyway, but yes, go to the office every day, um, you know, have face-to-face contact with people um you know go and see your you know family members and you know have lots of hugs and kisses and things you know this these are things that i'm keen to get back to rather oh, than uh, uh, yeah, yeah absolutely certainly with family yeah i mean I'm, i miss my grandchildren no end um i i worry about my son even working in a and e department i uh, you know i worry about my old my elderly mum and dad um with with whom uh, you know, uh, I genuinely, without trying to be melodramatic, wonder if we'll ever see each other again. You know, my my dad's well, he's nearer eighty nine than eighty eight, so yeah, <clears throat> you know, it, nature could have him anyway. Yeah. So yeah, the sooner we can get back to normality, obviously, the better. On the other hand, the more we all don't break the rules, the the shorter we can have to put up with them, I guess. I suppose the one way of looking at it is let's hope that we can take the best aspects of this. Yeah. The increased contact through uh chat apps and and that sort of thing uh and combine it with the best things of uh of not being locked in your house every day yeah that would yeah, be the best yeah, thing I, wouldn't I, it I, yeah. that's right i mean i don't think anybody in their right mind would say we want to stay like this forever good god no but um on the other hand uh, i do think uh there are things we can all learn from this um where we can excuse me actually do uh do things better in the future i think that that probably plays to a an environmental agenda quite quite strongly um, mm. but yeah i don't i, I mean if, if this only goes on in a short time i can't see it making very many changes at all but imagine if it goes on for four or five months and some businesses do manage to uh, effectively run without about always being in the office yeah you could see that that that, that might cause them to pause for thought yeah absolutely absolutely mm. i think you're right yeah okay so i think um one of the things that you're doing now during this period is what's the word documenting it with uh photos uh, yeah. so certainly the ins and outs of your garden and My the, back various, garden anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> the various flowers therein and yeah. uh, i hear you've got a new toy to aid those photos yeah 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 i, I bought myself over the last um the last fortnight i suppose uh, a set of moment lenses the sort of clip-on lenses that uh, go on well i mean you, you have to buy a, um, a special case from moments that the lenses fit so that limits the sort of uh, devices that you can use them on but i think they make them for the iphone range the top of the samsung range the pixels um, i think there's a few one pluses in there as well uh, and then you get like a sort of um, a screw-on lens that goes over the, uh, the the phone lens so there's a range of them there's a, a fisheye lens a really really wide angle one uh, which uh, that one I haven't had a play with yet because that arrived on Thursday, I think. Um, and then there's a wide-angle lens and a macro lens. There's, a, there's also a, a telephoto lens, but um, I think you can go too far with that. So, so I've been playing with the wide-angle lens, uh, and I've been playing a bit with the macro lens. In fact, my, my plan, if we, we get, the, get the patio swept and skits to sit out there, is maybe see if I can do a few of the flowers with the macro lens a bit later. 
Um, but it, it um, yeah, they're actually producing some quite. I mean, they they produce nicer results than a lot of these. I think primarily because there's decent quality in the glass. You know, I mean, the, the problem with a lot of clip-on lenses uh, is that the quality of the glass isn't very good, and so they don't actually improve what gets to the the camera's sensor. Whereas yeah. these certainly look like proper. You know, proper optical glass. Uh, they they look well made. They they um, they're robust. They clip on and off pretty easily. <coughs> Excuse me. And and so far, yeah, the the results been quite interesting. And to be honest, I mean, I bought those when I sent the S twenty Ultra back. I bought those, um, and uh, also uh, the um, Pixel Four uh, and the A ninety five G. And and basically, the whole lot was a hundred quid more than the. Um, S20 Ultra that I'd already paid for um, had cost me so so really it turned out to be quite a, a quite a sensible plan I think on all sorts of levels to send the S20 Ultra back uh, because I've ended up with the Pixel 4 which really does have a very good camera I've got to say it, you can't really argue about the quality of the camera on that thing um, the A95G has got a lovely screen to read on very happy with that uh, in fact I've got to say it, it amazes me it's classed as a mid-range phone because it's the only real failing is the camera is a bit basic in low light. Well, that's fine. I've got other other ways of dealing with that. Um, and and now I've got this set of lenses. So yeah, I've been playing with those, and the initial sort of results are very promising. I tell you what was absolutely astonishing was they ship it all by FedEx, uh, and FedEx um, has a hub in Memphis, so that you you can follow the FedEx tracking, uh, and then it tells you what time the uh, parcel left the the depot in Memphis. Uh, and then if you go onto flight radar, um, uh, FedEx flies into Stansted in the UK. So all you've got to do is look for a flight from uh, Memphis to Stansted. Right, and, yeah. And, and sure enough, it has the same departure time as FedEx's website shows on the tracking. And you can actually follow the parcel all the way all the way over from Memphis to Stansted, which is a... Uh, well, I mean, I, I would, my granddad loved this sort of stuff, um, but he, he died suddenly before we had the internet and before we had things like Wi-Fi and, and whatever. I mean, I... I I, I don't know how I would explain this to him, but it's the sort of thing that he would have loved, and I love it too. You know, you just just think, well, you know, I've got a parcel on this plane that's currently over Newfoundland. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Just, was he just, was he the sort of person that would sort of sit outside a, an airport runway and sort of watch all the planes come in and well, take off? Not really, but then we <laughs> not really, but yes, in a way, because. Uh, we live quite close to the uh, flight path at, at Birmingham, and so yeah, he he got me interested in planes, um, and we'd be sort of ah, oh, what sort of plane is this? And, you, and and when I was eight or nine, you know, I could I could go through most of the planes and so tell you what it was at a distance. Um, so yeah, so I think he would have been absolutely astonished by by the fact that you can sit there and track a parcel like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, it is quite amazing, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah, and sure enough, you look on flight radar the time it landed at Stansted, and that's exactly the time FedEx's tracking comes up and tells you. <laughs> it's just, so so it, it's almost quite good fun just to order some of these moment lenses. They got here both times in as I did it in two goes. Um, um, primarily because I, I found I'd got uh, $300 on a prepaid card from last time I went to America, which is 2016, so they were really doing no good at all. Uh, but I couldn't transfer them off in any other way, so that was my excuse for the first lot. But it meant I had to do two orders because I wanted one extra lens. Um, so so I've, I've played that game twice, and you think in, in the current situation, they managed to get it here in three days on both occasions is is pretty good going. That's madness, isn't it? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and you know, sit there and watch it on flight radar. Now, 
All right, I know I'm a bit sad on that. I'm always badgering you when you go on your exotic holidays for your flight details, but I, I just, I just love doing it. I, I you know, it, I, it, 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 it's one of those sad hobbies, isn't it? Really, <laughs> here I am stuck in my little little room, uh, looking out on the on the road outside. But no, I can I can follow a plane coming from Memphis to Stansted. I don't know. It's it's probably a little bit um, a little bit sort of mad really but nonetheless it's been quite good fun so so yeah so I've had, I've had fun getting them here and first impressions are they're really good glass so I'm I'm kind of looking forward to as the, the flowers are, are growing in the garden to uh, actually enjoying taking some nice pictures of them. What's the case like in terms of um, if you don't have a lens attached how nice is the case? Uh, it's nice to be honest I've left it on the Pixel 4 because it's a nice case it's it, um, well, actually, I'll be honest. It depends. Uh, right, this case has got um, it's a, a, a rubber case. This is a Pixel Four one with um, a, a walnut back. Listen, see if I can hold this up. That's uh, that's the sound of wood, um, and it takes a wrist strap. I did actually make the mistake of buying one for the um, the uh, iPhone Eleven Pro uh, Max that uh, described itself as a compostable case and whatever. Um, but the problem really with it is that, like, you know, the bit that the lenses fit onto clips inside the rest of the case, and the whole thing feels very, very flimsy. Uh, and, and I discovered after I got it, it doesn't take a wrist strap, which for me is a big thing on a, a phone I'm taking photos with. And that, to be fair to the moment, their website makes that plain. Uh, I just assumed that it would do since the, the other one I've got did. Yeah. So how does it work with, I can understand how it would work quite well with a phone with one lens on the back, because you'd have like a, a screw mark around that lens that you'd put these moment things on. You've got two on the Pixel and three on the iPhone. How on earth does it line up the lens um, and how does it know which one you want to use? Well, it, it, it um, you can basically put the lens over any of the, um, sorry, the, uh, over any of the holes uh, given by the lenses. Um, now, in terms of the uh, Pixel, I haven't actually uh, used it on the telephoto lens and, and Gav tells me that there's a bit of software you can get that will force it to use the telephoto lens but I can't can't really see that attaching a wide-angle lens to the cameras in, in the phone's inbuilt telephoto lens is actually going to work very well. Yeah now I think about it you wouldn't really want to attach it to anything other than the main sense because that's normally no. the best one isn't it and then you're using your moment lens to adjust the main sensor so yeah, yeah, yeah. i guess I that's, so. that's but, really but you but you can do it i mean the case does have a um a socket on it so that you can put it over either lens so yeah i haven't really explored that yet but that, that that's something i can have a think about and and the, the iphone case does have a socket over all three uh, so um, yeah, I don't know. I have to have to have a little bit of an experiment with that. Um, mm. I guess it must just be down to which which lens you want to be using and 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 why. But I, no, I don't know is the answer. You need, need to talk to Gav for that one. Okay. So I've got myself a little bit of uh, coronavirus tech that I'm wondering how you solve this problem. So how do you take your temperature? Well, yeah, good, it is a good question, and uh, the answer is I've bought a digital thermometer. Uh, but I haven't actually used it yet, so I probably should try it out to make sure it does work before it's needed. Is it what? Is it a digital thermometer that you put in your mouth, or? Yeah, yeah, it's one you put in your mouth. It's not a not one of these fancy things that you point at your head and fire it like a gun, which they used on me when I went into the hospital for my pre-op assessment, um, which I, I've never seen the like. I mean, it's quite impressive. You sort of hold this thing about well, I don't know, ten centimeters from your forehead and able to tell your temperature from it. I, uh, Quite how that works, I don't know, but I'm impressed. I think those ones are the Rolls Royce, aren't they? Yeah, because uh, those do look very f- look great fun. Um, 
And I, I wonder with those ones, though, whether if you were to smear ice or, you know, some al- evaporating alcohol or something on your forehead and then walked up to it, would it sort of fool mm. it, I wonder? So yeah, your inner terrorist coming out here, James. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of how <laughs> I can, uh, I've really no idea. you know, spread the virus into uh, various uh, <laughs> lockdown places. Yeah, um, I guess it must do if you do that. Um, I mean... Why you would want to, of course, is the question you're begging. But, um, yeah, I, I guess it must be possible to fool it in the same way you can take your temperature with one in your mouth and then stick it in an ice, an ice bucket or something. Yeah, you, yeah. You're going to be able to do it, aren't you? So I've got a ear thermometer, and uh, you stick it in your ear, you press the button, and then it comes up with the uh, time, not the time, uh, it's, a, it's like a time display on it, but it comes up with the temperature, and it's like instantaneous. Mm-hmm. Um I'm sort of very impressed with this. So, um, because I was uh, when, when cool. this, yeah, when this first kicked off, I got paranoid. I'm not normally someone who gets very ill ever, really, and I'm not touch wood, uh, and I'm not normally a hypochondriac. But I think with this whole episode, I persuaded myself that I must have this virus. I don't know whether that's just natural and everyone does that. So I was desperate to keep tracking my temperature. Mm-hmm. I have to say my temperature never really went crazy. I think it was in the 30s, you know, mid to high 37s for a little bit, um, but never broke into 38. So a mild fever, you might say. Um, But I I did have like a cold at the time, so I don't know whether that's uh, natural. Um, Anyway, I I thought, well, I'm going to have to measure my uh, temperature because it's one of the things that you... uh, I don't think you can reliably say whether you've got a temperature just by holding your own hand to your forehead, you know, like uh, yeah, your mum yeah. might have done when you were sort of 10 years old or whatever. But uh, One of those strips, yeah. Uh, yes, and of course I don't have a, anything like a thermometer in my house. So anyway, I ordered uh, a digital thermometer. Uh, I ordered it off Amazon. It's one. It's, it's a kid's one, so it's in the shape of a bear. <laughs> Bit of a laugh, isn't it? But I assume it works for adults as well as it works for uh, kids. Um, and whilst I was waiting for that to arrive, I noticed that uh, the pharmacy in my Sainsbury's had um, this digital ear thermometer. So I thought, well, I'll get that as well. And um, the temperatures don't actually line up. Oh, uh, so oh there that's is worrying. Dis- it's a little bit worrying, <laughs> but there is a little bit of continuity in the temperatures that they each take, but they are slightly different. And also my left ear is hotter than my right ear, which is another thing that is quite interesting. I don't know whether that's true for everyone, whether it's like the way that the uh, blood gets pumped around, uh, you know, it sort of, for some reason, is warmer on on your left ear, or whether it's just uh, everyone has a slightly warmer ear than the other. But uh, I tracked all of this data that I was getting off these thermometers to try and graph it, and it graphed relatively successfully. Oh, the other thing that gets in the way of uh, understanding these things is you're different. You're at a different temperature at different times of the day. Time of the day, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, I did notice that if I had had a drink the night before, then I was hotter in the morning. So that's weird, isn't it? But yeah, um, I got all this information and plotted it, and I thought it was just quite useful. It's quite a handy bit of tech to have around i think um the only improvement that i would suggest to it which must be available on some models would be for the results to be sort of output over bluetooth to an app or something so that you didn't have to sort of manually jot down all the temperatures but uh, all of these digital thermometers have some degree of memory so the ear one i think stores the last nine 
readings, um, but these little five quid uh, in the mouth digital thermometers at least do the last temperature that they took. Yeah, well, that's, that's um, yeah. I mean, you're right. There must be must be super duper complicated ones that that you know do all sorts of things. But um, I, I'm slightly worried that how much was the disparity between these two thermometers? When was it was it consistent? Uh, it's probably less than a degree. Mm. degree centigrade but um that's quite a lot though when you're measuring your temperature isn't it it is a bit yeah but i suppose they're measuring different bits the um the thermometer is measuring your mouth mm. and the ear thermometer is measuring your ear so maybe those two areas have slightly different um temperatures i guess all you really need to know is have you got a reading over 37.8 have you got a reading that's got a kind of hitting 38 plus because uh, then you just need to think, right, you, you definitely have a temperature, whether that's come uh, from your ear or your mouth. So I think mm. it could show that you'd be able to see that you had a significant temperature. But yeah, subtle variations I don't uh, maybe just aren't possible to be picked up. Yeah. Maybe you have to uh, get a sort of better thermometer. That's, yeah, I mean, I suppose as long as it tells you you haven't got a dangerous temperature, that's probably enough. But at the same time, I'm I'm worried by a disparity that big because my my instinctive thought is, well, you know, let's let's say that it reads you've got a temperature of thirty-seven point five and you've actually got a temperature of thirty-eight point five. One is dangerously ill; the other is a bit of a temperature. Yes, um, that's true. Which is quite a lot of a difference, isn't it? Um, I mean, how you deal with that, I'm not so sure. But uh, the interesting yeah. one for to know is it's the mouth one that is sorry it's the ear one that's a bit hotter and the mouth one that's a bit cooler so if you were just to use one of these kids five quid um thermometers you would probably be fairly relaxed because it would be giving you a fairly low reading um whereas with the ear one it's giving you a slightly higher reading and therefore uh makes you worry slightly more yeah you wouldn't that's kind of counterintuitive isn't it i didn't think you would think that the uh, ear one would be cooler than the mouth one yeah you'd think that wouldn't you mm, well curious interesting little data point well maybe we need somebody to come and say well i've got these and we uh, yeah got a different uh different sort of differences but um hmm. yeah well there you go of all of the bits of tech that we uh enjoy and uh tell each other about i would encourage everyone to get hold of one of these uh digital thermometers it's just so easy just to stick it in your ear and press the button and get a reading yeah 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 interesting i mean that the one i've got is a it is a digital thing but it's just a stick it in your mouth uh, thing uh because like so many things you know i think everybody's doing this aren't they trying to second guess the the next thing that's going to go out of stock Uh, yeah yeah uh, and, and I think wanting a thermometer is probably not a bad plan. And, yeah. And, yeah, like you, we didn't have a thermometer either, so... Well, this is why I ended up with the kids' thermometer, because all of the proper ones were out of stock. Well, so, yeah, but it yeah. seems to work fine. You can insert a bear in your ear to get your temperature, I suppose. Yeah, it's all right, isn't it? Yeah. So talking about sticking things in our ears, now, I believe that we've sort of talked about your uh, hearing fidelity before, and that... Uh, it may not be the equivalent of 2020 vision. Uh, no, definitely not. <laughs> um, but you were encouraged to make an audiophile investment. My, my hearing is very interesting because about four or five years ago, I had a real head cold. And as you sometimes do when you get a head cold, you get a sort of whistling in your ears, yeah? Uh, yeah. And, and the unfortunate thing is this whistling never went away. Uh, and effectively, I'm now permanently stuck with it as a form of tinnitus. And uh, I've been to the hospital and had all sorts of tests. And basically, as far as I can gather, your brain sort of 
stupidly comes up with an error and he's sort of searching for a noise, finds one and locks onto it and effectively generates it itself, which seems a remarkably, yeah. a remarkably stupid thing that it can't put right, but though it can't be put right and it isn't actually in the ears, it's you know, it's somewhere in my head. Um fortunately most of the time it doesn't actually cause me too much trouble. But it but it does mean two things really. One is that um although when I do an audio test I've got a good range of hearing um, I've also got this this constant whistle, which means mm. that, which means it's a bit bizarre. Although I can hear a whole range of things, um, sometimes I don't hear things because effectively it's got swamped by the whistle. I suppose, um, you know, I, I guess I'm lucky. It's never got any worse. Uh, when I first had it, it used to really get me down for a while, but but ninety percent of the time I don't even notice. But what it does mean is that I, I never get silence. You know, so I go in the back garden and listen to the birds singing with this interminable whistle over them, which yeah, which actually on occasions has almost moved me to tears because I would really like to be able to hear them sing properly. And and the other problem is, you know, I can't sit there and be quiet because if I'm quiet, it's like somebody turned the volume up on the whistle. Mm, yeah. Um. So. I don't have the best hearing, um, but it's okay. You know, it's it's functional. It just is not not absolutely up to it. But anyway, I was persuaded by a certain friend of ours who who will uh, be, remain be, nameless. I was going to say, be called Gav. Be called Gav. Yeah, I was. I was going to say, lives on Dartmoor. That really, I absolutely ought to try this DAC that he'd uh, he, he'd got uh, because he was convinced that I'd be able to hear a difference even on a cheap pair of headphones. I mean, I ought to say, I'm sure this whistle has saved me a load of money because. I listened to Gav and Kev and whatever talking about their headphones, and indeed, you may remember persuading me to buy some Sony's last year, um, some Bluetooth headphones, which mm. which, I, which I use. But in all honesty, I can't hear any difference in the sound. It's just that it, it's perhaps slightly better because uh, you, you know because they go over the years, they completely block out the sound, so it's perhaps a bit more sociable if I'm listening to music and I'm working in the evening. Um, but can I truthfully tell much of a difference in the sound? No, not very much. So, anyway, Gav said, look, even with a cheap pair of headphones, you're going to be able to tell the difference with this DAC. So, yeah, I think this is lockdown fever. I went along with this and bought this DAC, and it duly turned up. Uh, and it's a, it's a well-made, nice little little DAC, you know. It plugs, plugs in, in, into the phone on the USB-C socket. And so just my... to give some uh, description to it, it's a... It's a bit like the standard iPhone um, headphone DAC, which sort of plugs in the light. Well, in this case, it plugs into USB-C and goes to a little um, headphone jack. But it's probably twice the size, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's it's bulkier than that. Yeah, it's not it's not ridiculous. There, it's not massive, but I mean, it's actual, just a tiny bit bigger. Yeah, the actual bit that you plug your um, three and a half millimeter jack into, according to the instructions, is forty millimeters in length. So that gives you an idea, doesn't it? Um, you plug it in, blah blah blah, and then uses a standard standard UAC 2.0 sound card chipset for plug and play in Mac and Windows computers. Win, blah blah. It basically, you know, you you plug it in between your headphones and the device you want to listen to. That's probably yeah, the yeah. easiest way to put it. It's not not anything complicated. Um, and I know Gav loves this DAC so much that he's actually bought four of them. Um, so this this is the iBasso DC02. Yeah, it, it is indeed. Now now I've got to say personally. Um, I think probably, to be honest, even if I did have four lots of headphones, I probably would be up for changing them rather than buying four DACs. But, you know, if it's a case of convenience and whatever, it's up to Gavin now. But um, so anyway, so I got this DAC, and with a certain amount of anticipation, I, I duly plugged it into the bottom of, uh, of one of my phones and found some music, plugged my headphones in and put it on. Uh, and, and, yeah, it works. Uh, it, it works in the sense that you can hear music through it. In the sense of, can I hear any difference? No, not at all. 
So effectively, um, what I've bought myself is an adapter from a three and a half millimeter jack into a, a USB-C uh, socket, uh, which isn't useless to me. But, no, always uh, handy to have, always handy to but have. It, but it has to be said, compared with the ones that come in the box with half a dozen of my phones, can I tell any difference? No, afraid not. So it's a, I'm afraid, afraid it's a bit wasted on me. Um, but at least, in, in a way, I don't really mind that because it, it, it confirms to me that it isn't really worth the effort of getting involved in anything more expensive because I'm not really going to hear any difference. If I can't, if I can't hear any difference with uh, a pair of £100 Sony Bluetooth headphones and I can't hear any difference with a £39 DAC, frankly, this is as good as it gets, isn't it? Yeah, I think um, part of these better, in inverted commas, DACs are that they've got more power. So certainly the high dis DAC that I've got, and I would say probably to a slightly lesser extent, the iBasso DC02, which I also bought uh, on that recommendation. It's good. Gav's, um, Gav's fault, isn't it? Definitely. Yes, he's, uh, he's persuasive, I think, yeah. Uh, d- he sold fact, it well. I think he's got shares in it. I would say Gav is the iBasso Corporation of Shenzhen. Probably. Yes, yeah, yeah. But they they give a little bit more kick and therefore a little bit more power purely, and therefore you've got a little bit more control uh, and fidelity just based on the fact that you've got a little bit more power in the uh, in the DAC and the amp. So that's part of it, I think. And uh, you know whether whether I can tell you know the exact difference between all these DACs and uh, various other things. I mean, I I would say that I can confidently tell the difference between um, a normal headphone output from uh, you know a phone from days gone by when they had headphone jacks and uh, a modern day LG with the quad DAC you know I can tell that level of difference um, could I tell the difference between uh, one of these USB DACs and the uh, one of the you know the LG phone well I gave that a little bit of an audition uh, the other day uh, and I persuaded myself that the uh, LGs were a little bit uh, better sounding a little bit fuller sound coming out of the uh, LG but sometimes it's difficult to uh, trust yourself with these things isn't it because with audio especially I find it's uh, not quite as black and white and I know that you know you 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 say that you don't have 2020 vision either but certainly I can tell the difference a lot easier between uh, you know DVD Blu-ray 4k Blu-ray that difference I find is is in comparison is stark, whereas for audio I find it is a little bit more subtle. Yeah, I mean it, it, it slightly amuses me when I when I hear you talk about that. And I think I think actually you have complete incredulity when I say this, but uh, we didn't have an HD TV for years and years and years for the simple reason couldn't tell the difference. And you know. Um, uh, it, it might sound a bit odd, um, and, and before I say this, my wife always also said she couldn't tell the difference, but she's not got as eyes as anything like as bad as mine. So I don't know whether that was just a bit of a case of, well, if it's only me, I don't want it. Um, I'm, but- I'm, al- I'm almost tempted to buy a van, buy a 100-inch TV, drive them to your house, sit you down in front of them, put a Blu-ray on, uh, uh, well, put a DVD on, then put a 4K Blu-ray on, and then... I'd need to hear it from your lips directly that you couldn't see the difference uh, there. Well, it'd be quite entertaining if you did, because in fact, we've got a very small lounge and probably there'd be nowhere to sit down if you put a hundred inch screen in there. Um, we've got um, uh, a 42 inch screen at the moment. And I, th- I think to be honest, when we bought it, I, I was, oh, well, let's just have on the same size as last time. I think to be honest, we both agree we'd probably go for a 48 or something like that if we were doing it now, but much bigger than that, you literally would have problems with the room. Um, but I, yeah, I, honestly, James, I don't think I would tell. 
yeah, it's, it's like it's like when I had the uh, OnePlus 7T, you know, and indeed the S20 Ultra, turn up the res resolution on the thing, can't tell the difference. Now, of course, this in a way, this is one of those rare occasions when having a, a very, very mild uh, disability uh, is actually an advantage. It saved me a fortune. Um, yeah. Now, I, I, I have to admit that if you were to take one of my phones off me and sneakily change the you know the resolution that the that the phone is rendering down from you know 2k down to 720 i think is is some of these phones that allow you to go down to would i see the difference for a couple of weeks maybe not it's hard, it's hard um, to know isn't it i mean i mean i think the thing is if you think you can see a difference and you enjoy i can it, see a difference on the tv on the yeah. tv i can see a, a clear difference to the point where i will you know, I will refuse to watch anything in um, standard definition unless I know for a categorical fact there's no addition of it anywhere on the planet in a higher resolution, in which case I just sort of uh, suck it up and uh, and watch it as is. But if I if I start watching something and I have an inkling that it's available on Blu-ray or 4K disc, um, I'll normally, this, you probably think I'm mad, I'll normally literally stop watching it Order the Blu-ray or order the 4K Blu-ray. Wait for that to come and then continue to watch it. I think stopping watching it might be a little bit excessive, but uh, you know, if you if you if you can see the difference and you enjoy it, well, why the heck not? You know, yeah, it it, it, it doesn't. I don't have a, a, a any urge to be uh, sort of dogmatic about it. It's just that it's funny, really. The, the, the older I get, the more I, reason I, ha I realize I have a number of, of minor faults, you know, and, and uh, one of them is I don't see very well. One of them is I don't hear very well, but in both cases, it's saving me money, so hey, who cares? Um, no, I mean, it would be nice if I could appreciate them, I guess, but, but with my eyesight in particular, I was born with it like that, and, and so I don't actually know any better, mm. uh, and you know, as long as I can see well enough to read and write and, and drive the car and whatever, it, well, it's relatively minor thing isn't it really yeah and, yeah uh, you know it's um it, yeah it means I, I mean i think the worst possible thing about it is it means that instead of my glasses costing 100 quid they cost me 800 quid. Uh, but once i've got an 800 quid pair of glasses on i can see pretty well so fine well why why stress about it yeah so one other thing that we were going to talk about today was the use of keyboards and keyboarded devices yeah which are making a little bit of a minor comeback just, just a little bit just yeah, hey, you've you've actually got one of these uh, keyboarded devices. Uh, I do, I do. Um, in fact, I've this is this is the second one I've had now because um, this one is the Planet Computers Cosmo. And you uh, had the Gemini before. Yeah, uh, I did have the Gemini. Yeah, and and it's a funny thing, really, because um, in some ways it's a brilliant device, and in other ways it's not. Yeah, so um, in terms of something, I mean, I, I've done a few train journeys using the Cosmo, written a few Word documents. Uh, basically, it's justified its keep. It has been worth having. Would I want to use it as my normal phone? Uh, no. Um, but actually, if push comes to shove, it's in fact a really quite, um, it's quite a decent little pocket computer it it brings back so many happy memories of oh no i've just switched it on we're now gonna get every bbc news flash for the last two days um it, it brings out lots of happy memories of, of the old cyan 5 days and i mean when i when i look at, at that uh you know i used to go to clients of my cyan 5 plug the uh, adapter cable into a printer and, and i could write letters on that in fact i did i did on many occasions it it, it must have paid for itself a hundred times over that device this one isn't going to pay for itself a hundred times over but probably two or three 
Um, you know, I last took it on the on the train about uh, ooh, a bit over a month ago. It was one of the last last trips out I had actually. I went down to London, and um, and that was weird because everybody was sort of looking at each other, and I think that was when we were all beginning to think about it. Um, and I wrote wrote several quite long uh, emails and, and a couple of letters on the on the train and in this meeting. It was fine. It, it was it was definitely up to the job, um, and it. I suppose as well, it's just a little bit of innovation. I, mean, I got this one on the Indiegogo uh, thing on on launch day, um, and and was a bit frustrated because because I don't know what sequence they issued these in, but I had a really really high uh, or really low, one of the original numbers on the on the launch thing, mm. but but like everybody else seemed to get it before me. I have this horrible feeling they may have used alphabetical order or something like that. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it it definitely does what I need it to do. Um, Sometimes it, on these Indiegogo offers, you you get it for a bit of a steal because you're oh, like yeah. early on. So I don't, I did, was I did that get the case here? Absolutely. Um, I think it was about I'm trying to remember, it's four hundred dollars or something, and they're now selling it for six hundred quid. That sort of order. Um, that is the. I mean, that's the time to do it, isn't it? And, and, and um, yeah, you know, it's it's amazing how fast you can type on this keyboard once you've been practicing a little bit but exactly like the like the sign five you know i mean like i say i literally use that as a, a work computer on several occasions when i knew i hadn't got to do big spreadsheets but that i need to go somewhere and do some letters absolutely fine and and this is the same i, I love the keyboard on these it, it brings about so many memories uh, i suspect there's a bit of nostalgia on it but, but mm. there you are. this one unlike the the uh, gemini is usable as a phone i mean i don't think you'd really really honestly want to use it as a phone it's a bit hard work but you can do it um, but yeah, it's been it's been all right. I've been quite happy with it. Uh, as I say, so what happened I, to your Cosmo then? Did that did you sell that on, or is it no, still no, in the drawer? No, this is the Cosmo. I sold on the uh, the Gemini though. Uh, ah, yes, the Gemini. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, basically, when I got the Cosmo, I sold the Gemini, and um, and this one similarly will probably be going in the spring of twenty twenty one because I I ordered the um, the Astro Slider as well. Ah, uh, so, so what's so. What's good about the Astro Slide? Is it the Astro Slide or the Astro Slider? I can't remember, but it's Slide or Slider. That's a good right. question. Let's let's look it up, shall we? Uh, hold on. Um, oh, just because it's a toy to play with is the answer. I mean, I mean, the, the, the facts of the matter: Astro Slide is five is five G, so that's one thing. Uh, the MediaTek chip, if you read that one up, is uh, it's quite a reasonable chip. Uh, and yeah, that was the, that was at a pre-order price of uh, four hundred and ninety-one euros. So uh, it's going to end up on on my bill as about four hundred and fifty quid. I was going to say four hundred and ninety-one quid then. Mm, no, 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 no. It is, it is it is euros. So it, yeah, well, <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Depends this week. It's getting closer and closer to being paid. Yeah. Pound, heaven for friend, isn't it? Unfortunately, yes, you're quite right. Um, it says forty percent off retail price. Well, that, that certainly stacks up to what they sold the Gemini and the Cosmo for. Are they? Uh, do you think they're selling any at the inflated post Indiegogo price? I think they must be selling some. Otherwise, they would go out of business and wouldn't be able to uh, carry on, would they? Um, as to how many, that's a very interesting question. I don't. I don't know. I mean, some people. Uh, these are definitely a Marmite device. Some people mm. abs- absolutely love them. But um, I'd res- I'd resent paying seven hundred quid for something that was three hundred quid, you know, a couple of weeks ago. To be honest, I wouldn't. 
you know, if I can get in on the on the Indiegogo price at the beginning, uh, sorry about that little bit of a crash there as I move the keyboard. I'm just trying trying to look up something. Um, if I can get in on, on the at the start of something like this, then yeah, I, I, I'm quite ha quite happy to support it. Uh, I I did have a very bad experience with the the Jolla tablet, where in fact they still owe me off the price of the Jolla tablet, but I don't suppose I'll ever see that. I think it um, might be time to let that go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not worth worrying about it, but uh, it, but that's the only thing I've ever had on Indiegogo that's that's gone wrong. Yeah, that's um, always the risk, isn't it? I mean, it's, I yeah, suppose there's a percentage risk that it's going to uh, your money's going to disappear, but that's like part of the deal, isn't it? It's yeah. it's not guaranteed. It's a, it's a a bet. I think the problem with the Jolla tablet was twofold. One was uh, they took the money, and they, it wasn't at all plain when they took the money that it was really a, a, a being used for software development because. They at that point um, they ploughed the money into software development, and then they actually almost had the thing ready for launch, and they put it basically onto a bog standard Android tablet. Uh, I can't remember the name at the time, but but there was a time when um, somebody seized all these tablets and put them on AliExpress, so you could actually buy the the Jolla tablet on AliExpress for a while, uh, which meant of course there were no tablets to provide the people who'd paid for them. Mm. <laughs> so it was all a bit of a disaster, I think, and. Um, well, I, I have my own own thoughts about Jolly. You might remember I went uh, out to Helsinki for the launch of the original phone. Yes. Uh, at my own expense, I hasten to add. Um, but also, um, I think my own experience of this was that I don't think they were managed very well. Um, I, for example, tried to talk to them about how they could restructure things and save themselves an awful lot of VAT. Um not, not not illegally, but basically they were they were selling everything from a country in Europe that had like the highest rate of VAT to consumers, which meant that effectively the price they were charging was higher than it needed to be. Yeah, uh, and they could have done what Amazon do and routed through Luxembourg or all sorts of other places. Uh, and I actually got as far as talking to the FD and, and and had a conference call arranged with the FD to talk about how something like that could be done. <laughs> but the but the very morning of our call, uh, she resigned. <laughs> it was quite funny. <laughs> we sort of dialed in and waited, and nothing happened. And later we found that she'd resigned. And so that wasn't terribly well. Managed, I think I think mismanagement is probably a little harsh, just because of what they were set up to try and do. It's almost an impossible. Uh, task even at that point setting up a company to try and create your own mobile operating system and you know make your own phones and sell them to compete with uh, companies that are losing or investing billions and billions and billions of pounds at the time was um optimistic i think let's, let's, so, put, it, let's put it differently then i think there were a number of missteps and Certainly, I told them about one of the big steps. Yeah. I, I know they were told about two or three others, um, but you couldn't get anybody there to listen. Now, yeah. you know, maybe maybe they were just so busy bailing water from the bottom of the boat yeah. That, yeah. that they didn't have time or resources to listen, but uh, I do think it could have been done better than that. But, hey, you know, they tried. I'm glad they tried. I was are they very... still going, aren't they? Yeah, they, they are still going. You basically can... Uh, I think their, their software is used in South America a fair bit and also in uh, Russia, I think. Yeah, to try and, and they, move away from, from uh, the American-dominated yeah. uh, operating systems. And, and, and the real shame of it is, it was good software. Um, of course, the problem really with it was is it was the same problem that, that uh, uh, Windows Mobile had, lack of apps. So they wrote a really, really good uh, Android engine. But because the trouble with that is, when you're saying, well, we can run Android apps and whatever on here, you kind of 
almost do away with any reason to actually have a different operating system, don't you? If mm. you're saying, well, we can we can run this. I'm just looking on their website now, actually. Uh, lots of pretty pictures, corporate mobile solutions, uh, adaption to customers and so on. I'm sure I saw they did have some phones. Um, Jonna thinks Huawei's Android ban could benefit alternative OSs like Sailfish. Well, that's possible, isn't it? Huawei and Sailfish, that's a... Well, actually, that's an interesting yeah, point, isn't it? That's one route that they could. That's one route they could have gone down. But I think they're. I think, to be honest, the route that anyone in Huawei's positions to go down is just to do what they are doing and just carry on making uh, Android phones from uh, AOSP and try and deal with uh, creating some sort of app store to bridge the uh, the ban on Google Play services. So they're probably doing the right thing. Although it is a, it's an interesting little thought experiment isn't it what if they uh, went with a completely new operating system yeah yeah i mean i'm just looking on their website they they provide downloads now for sony xperia 10 10 plus single and dual sim variants of the sony xperia xa2 xa2 plus xa2 ultra xperia x and the gemini pda uh, so my guess is probably the cosmo pda as well um but yeah they could go along to huawei couldn't they and say uh how about it, guys? Um, I mean, they, they're probably already in America's bad books for uh, for the stuff that they sell in Russia or whatever. You'd uh, think so, yeah. So certainly isn't going to endear them, is it? Um, but, I mean, yeah, that, that that situation with with Huawei is, you know, it's it's a it's a really interesting one, isn't it? I mean, I I think the P twenty Pro was one of my favourite phones. Um, I still have a P thirty Pro, and and I really like it. Sure, you know, the by the time you use the the periscope zoom to its fullest extent you're not getting a great photograph but you're getting a photograph you couldn't have got otherwise um and personally i don't have too much of a problem with with huawei's processing now i know it's not so good for people as it is for buildings but i like taking buildings and views and architecture and things like that so this, this is one of the worst things about the lockdown i'm going to have to convert myself to flowers i think but but um I, I look quite longingly at that P40 Pro and I think, well, could I get by without it? And I think, well, email. I'm sure their email app is capable of talking to Google servers because at the end of the day, they're just checking out POP3 email. Yeah, um, email should be fine. Yeah, and in terms of mapping, well, I'm sure I could use uh, Here We Go. That's not too much of an issue. And the stumbling block every time is Google Photos because all of my photos end up on Google Photos uh, and I can't think how. I suppose maybe I could get Google Photos to upload from Huawei Cloud or something like that. But actually, I'm I'm uh, out of boredom. Really, I'd really like to have a play with this. You know, I mean, uh, there's there's a Mate 30 on on the uh, the PSC MIUI forum at the moment, uh, and and a little bit of me is quite tempted by that, but. Yeah, yeah I, I can just see that it's going to ultimately be an awful lot of frustration for very little benefit, really. It's just wanting to play with a new toy. But I, I really wish them well, because apart from anything else, I don't actually believe Mr. Trump. I think, um, I think for, for for want of a word, I think an awful lot of this is trumped up. If, if, if GCHQ issues a report that says it's safe enough to use Huawei in most parts of our, our phone network except the very middle of it, I can't believe there's an awful lot of risk from a P40 Pro. Um, um, oh, it's yeah. I mean, it's not about the handsets, is it? It's all about the uh, networking gear and trying I'm, to make sure that America holds uh, 
all the cards when it comes to uh, the 5G networks. I, I don't I don't think it's anything to do with anything other than a pure old-fashioned trade war. I mean, you've got to remember, before they set about Huawei, they set about ZTE. And there was all sorts of threats of shutting ZTE down within 30 days, and then behind the scenes some deal was done, and now you can buy ZTE again. Well, are we really, really supposed to suppose that Huawei's that much of a threat? I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe they are, but if GCHQ is coming out and saying, no, we're really worried about this, you shouldn't let this stuff anywhere near the UK, um, well, I guess at that point I'd be going, well, we shouldn't let this anywhere near the UK, but they haven't come out and said that, and that, that to my mind, is the clincher. You know, if, they, if, if, if our own security services have checked it out and say we don't particularly have a problem just to be on the safe side that's keeping away from a particular area, well, then I think it, it, it suggests to me the whole thing is, is made up from start to finish, really. Mm, I think that's a, a big, long conversation for another day, I think. Yeah, I think, I think, it, lots I think of, it probably is, yeah. There's lots of moving parts there to, uh, to tuck into, but certainly, um, you know, we, we manage risk with all of our products, don't we? I mean, there's yeah. news, you know, in the week about all the problems with Zoom, and yet, you know, we'll use Zoom um personally anyway and i know that it's being clamped down on corporately a lot at the moment but um you know you weigh up the privacy you weigh up uh the risks and uh you take advantage of the tech that works for you i think yeah and i, and I think as well you know it, it really does depend on the sort of risk there is there i mean if if what's actually happening is that um, every time you do a Zoom, it's uploading all of your bank information to some server in China, that's actually quite a worrying possibility. But if if it's only a case of, well, what you're talking about can be intercepted, well, you've got to weigh the one up against the other or what you're actually going to be saying at the time because there is an element of, um, element of risk to almost anything online, isn't there? Yeah, I think it's mainly for advertising, although um, given the sort of uh, you know nonsense that, Certainly, we talk on Zoom. I'm not sure how much targeted advertising could be done. Maybe Alka-Seltzer. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Especially in your case, wine boxes. Yes, those wine boxes are deceptive. There's no, yeah, uh, there's no bottom to them. That's the trouble. Exactly. There's no line saying where you've uh, got to. It's, uh, it's tricky. Yeah, and well, I'm still looking on the Jolla website, and it says they're now doing a big project for the Russian post office. But it also says they're developing a feature phone UI, and there's a picture of what looks remarkably like a Nokia 3310 running what looks like Sailfish, which is, well, interesting. Maybe I should um, do a bit more digging. That is interesting, only because you would you can understand why places like uh, Russia and China would want their own uh, operating system, you know, same way that uh, America has... Uh, iOS and Android to a certain extent, but uh, you'd think that any old dumb phone would be relatively secure already, and you wouldn't need to reinvent the wheel there. Yeah, you would. It's interesting if you if you click on the Jolla.com Partners link, um, which is where I was expecting I might be able to find some links to some phones you could actually buy because I know there are a couple in India, but I know at one point there were quite a few in South America. And you click on Partners, and it goes. Oops, the page you requested could not be found. Oh, that's not a good sign. <laughs> it's not a good start, is it, no? So, um, yeah, maybe I'll do a bit more digging for next time we chat and I'll tell you a bit more. Um, somewhere here, I still have the original Jolla phone and maybe I can power it up uh, and uh, and see what's, what's what and where we are at the moment. Yeah, okay. Well, that sounds like a good uh, project for uh, these times. Well, yeah, it's something to do anyway, isn't it? Um, okay, well, have a good day Richard and yep, uh, we'll James. catch up soon yeah good to talk to you take care Cheerio. have a good one bye bye, bye.